and prayer. The Lord be with you. Gracious Heavenly Father, we see in your Holy Gospels the, the, the preparation you made for the coming of your Christ at Christmas. Grant that, that we would be enriched by your word, that we'd be strengthened by it, and that we would learn to trust Jesus all the more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, today we're going to do Luke chapter 1. Next week we can go Luke chapter 2. And it's a mighty ambitious thing that I've, I've chosen today, and so I'm going to have to watch my time a little bit because I do want to get uh, through the end of the chapter because in Luke chapter 1, there are two canticles that we sing in the liturgy. And so, so, the, and so they're wonderful canticles, um, and so I do want to get to, get to that. Uh, then we're going to do the, the last week before Christmas, we're going to do uh, John's prologue. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the next two weeks we're doing Luke, and then next, and next week we're going to do Luke chapter 2, and, and I think we know that, you know, and, and she wraps him in swathing clothes, and we don't need to talk anymore, right? No, there's lots of stuff going on in Luke chapter 2. So let's, let's continue. Um, um, Luke is very unique. Luke is the, the gospel that, that extends, as far as the life of Christ, actually starts... Uh, 15 months before Jesus is born. Because it starts with, with, uh, with John the Baptist um, being announced. And so you got those nine months, and Jesus is six months younger. And Luke is the gospel that extends all the way to the ascension of our Lord. And then Luke actually writes two gospels, and it's a whole other discussion. I'm going to bite my tongue, or else I'll, I'll get into um, next couple of weeks too much of looking at the book of acts and how the lord carries out his ministry all the way to the end of the gospel uh, uh, yeah the gospel of acts it, it really is a is it's it's almost like a fifth gospel it's, it's how the lord's ministry continues after his ascension how does the ascended lord continue his ministry through the sending of the holy spirit and preaching and ministration of the preaching the gospel and ministration of the sacraments okay so so Luke 1 and Luke 2 kind of form this, this larger unit, but today we're going to look at Luke 1, and there's a certain symmetry to Luke 1. You're going to have the birth of John promised, the birth of Jesus promised. You have the visitation of Mary with Elizabeth, and then Mary's response is the Magnificat. There's a little interlude that we're, um, where just t the details are stained with Elizabeth, and then you have the birth of John and circumcision naming John the Benedictus, and then the childhood of John. And so, and so at the very center of the chapter then is actually going to be the visitation. If you look there, it's kind of like, like um, John, Mary, visitation, John, um, visitation, praise by Mary, birth of John, praise by Zechariah, and then John grows. So, so at the very center of it is this visitation of, of Mary with, with Elizabeth, and, and it's, it's kind of wonderful right there. Okay, so having said all that, uh, for the sake of, uh, of our recording, and by the way, these things are available as podcasts. All our Bible studies are available by podcast, as well as all sermons, including midweek sermons. So if you ever, uh, if you do podcasting as you drive around, then you can download um, what, what, what's going on here at Bethany. Okay, any questions, comments about Luke chapter 1? Something you're interested in learning from Luke chapter 1. Okay. We can continue on here. We're going to do this first little section, uh, Luke 1, 5 through 25. 
the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. There appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you shall have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to their Lord, their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. The people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. When he came out, he was unable to speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. When his time of service was ended, he went to his house. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among the people. Okay. Questions, comments about Zechariah in the temple. Yes, go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, it's, you might put it this way, that, that they are faithful to the word of the Lord. In other words, not that they're, when it says blameless, not that they're sinless. So, so the question is, you know, that they walk blamelessly uh, right, right here. But rather, they were very faithful to the God of Israel. They're faithful to the covenant. And they were, they were believers. Just like I, I think you could be said of many in this room. In fact, I, I, looking as far as I can see, all of you in this room, that you're walking blamelessly. Okay, in other words, that you're being faithful, not because, you, and you're recognizing it's not your own righteousness, but it's rather righteousness imparted to you through Jesus Christ. And so, so they're blameless in the sense of being faithful to the God of Israel. And that's, and that's, that's what it is. And, and the text is very clear about this. It wants you to understand that this is a faithful couple. However, they have no children. And um, so it's a good, good question. Um, other questions? Yes, Dominic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't trust Gabriel's word. And so the question is, I'm going to anticipate the question, you know, because later on, Mary, you know, will, will say something to the effect, what, what does Mary, Mary say when she, when she hears, uh, um, you know, um, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And Zechariah says, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And it seems like 
Why? Mary gets off scot-free and is blessed, and Zechariah's mute for nine months. You know, what, what's up with this? Uh, what's up with this is that, um, if you look kind of carefully, you know, it, it, what Zechariah's asking is, is really asking for, for a sign. Okay, you know, he, he's, he says, I need something more than this. Mary is just a, is asking a question. You know, I, I'm not understanding. Then the angel fills her in with more information, as opposed to Zechariah saying, you know, I, I, this, this, this can't be. If you remember, see, Zechariah and Elizabeth are very much parallel to Abraham and Sarah, right? And remember Sarah, when the angel, the Lord, the Lord himself visits, she does what? She laughs. She laughs, and then she gets rebuked. And so that's, it's, it's be kind of similar to this. But Abraham first was a little bit incredulous too. Now, they weren't obviously both of them silenced, but, but essentially Zechariah is, is pushing back. And if you look, um, I, I don't want to go too, and I, I, I went back, and so I, I read the whole thing, I don't know, about four times in Greek this week. And so after reading some of the commentaries, I went back and examined more carefully what's exactly the grammar would Zechariah is saying. So it's, he's, he's, he's pushing back. It's a, it's a little bit more in depth. His, his language is more like a pushback language. As Mary says, I'm clueless. Tell me more. And then he goes on, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Okay, very good. Um, I got a few little notes, but obviously I'm wanting to move on. Uh, he's a priest. He's serving. This is like, a, you know, he's had a rotation. So finally he gets to be in the temple. But even more than this, he's given this, 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 this true blessing, this true blessing. And, and obviously you're supposed to think about Abraham and Isaac because we have the stepping stone, which is truly a miracle. But the next baby promised is the miracle, for this is the Son of God incarnate. And so, so you got, yes, we repeat something great from the Old Testament, but now we have this totally new thing, the incarnation of our, of our Lord. I'm going to um, make a little, little note right here. I, I text my sister. My, my sister um, named her daughter Elizabeth with an S. Hey, notice your ESV has a Z. Z's not there. It's an S. And so, so, I, so I, I texted my sister and said, you, you know, you followed the Bible and stuff like this because she her. Because um, she always preferred the S, and I just remember that from my sister when she had her daughter, that she preferred the S. I said, you know, actually the Greek is, is the S. So, so um, right right here, and I, I tried to find the Hebrew antecedents, and I couldn't find, uh, real quickly, Hebrew antecedent of Elizabeth. And so that, that might be where the Z comes from. Okay, um, notice, though, the greeting of Gabriel is fear not. Because he gives the promise for the birth of John. Of course, the word John comes to, from the root... Um, for grace, for grace, okay? Um, and so, and then, then going to the name Gabriel, and this is obviously Schumacher's pet peeve. Not pet peeve, but it's just explaining the Bible. Angels are fearsome. And Gabriel's a great example, you know? And so, so all these feminine angels at Christmas time, you know, bother me because it's not biblical. Um, Gabriel itself means God is a warrior. You can see that. El, that we never see the El, it's God, right? Elohim. And then Gabor. Gabor is a man of war. And so our God is a man of war. And so you go back to the Old Testament, that's the whole theme of the Old Testament. For example, going back to, the, to Moses' song after the flood, it's that God is a warrior. And so he has this whole theme throughout the Old Testament of God being a warrior fighting on behalf of his people. And now we see Gabriel fighting on behalf of God's people and delivering this message. 
Gabriel and Michael are the only angels um, named in the Bible. That's a little side, side fact, and that'll, um, I don't know if um, that'll win you a trivial pursuit, but let's go with it. So, so I already talked about uh, uh, Zechariah's unbelief. Uh, John is conceived according to the promise of the Lord through Gabriel. So God gives the promise, and, and the promise comes true, just as the promise came true for Abraham and Sarah. Any questions or comments about this? I know there's so much more in here, but I do want to get now to the actual enunciation. Questions, comments? Okay. Whenever there's no questions, you know what that means, right? It means one of two things. Either we cover the material, or you don't have a clue what the teacher's talking about, so, so you know, and so I, I hope it's that we cover the material. Because um, certainly the material's not boring, right? In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favorite one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, he shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And, the angel said, and Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. This is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary said, Behold, I am the, the, the I'm going to interject, the slave of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Um, that, the, the ESV is making an editorial selection of taking the, the, the Greek word which would enslave and, you, and they turn into servant. And I, I don't know why they, they did that. I think they, because of our sensibilities. But, but it begs the question because to, to, for us to learn the true nature of, of understanding oneself as a slave to the Lord. I think it's a, it's a huge, huge issue. And, and this is what we are. And, and Romans will take up the concept, the book of Romans will take up the concept uh, you're, you're enslaved. Either you're going to be a slave of the Lord, owned by him, or of this age, right? Destined for destruction. And so, and so this, to be a slave of the Lord is your proper place because he is your master. And it is a good slavery. It is good to be the servant of the Lord in that sense, right? Again, okay, slavery in the ancient world, of course, much, was much different. Joseph, as a slave in the house of Potiphar, lived a luxurious life. Okay, so, okay, let's continue on. Questions or comments about Gabriel and, and Mary? Yes, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, yeah, be a slave right there. Yeah, it's, it's the same Greek word. It's a masculine, that they're using the masculine form, Mary's using a feminine form of the same root right there. So, so bond servant. It's, it's better to translate slave and then understanding. I, again, I believe translate, translate, and then in class teach what these words actually mean as opposed to, to trying to alter the, the meaning and soften it. You know, you can't, there's no language, there's no translations perfect, 
But anyway, so, okay, let's continue on. Other questions about, about Mary and Gabriel and, and this annunciation where God becomes man for you and me. Yes, go ahead, John. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he, God is making a special child for somebody who's not supposed to have a child. And this is most special because she's a virgin. And so this is obviously predicted, as we found out in Matthew 1, tied to Isaiah chapter 7. You know, and so, and, and so I don't know a man. And so, so the, the, the concept, you know, um, it, you know, obviously we understand this, you know, there's, there's basic biology. You can't have a child unless you have a, I mean, the, but God will make this happen by the Holy Spirit. And so, and so Luther himself um, thought in terms of, when he, he commented in his, in his commentary uh, or, or, or sermon about, about this, that, that when the angel speaks to her um, there in verse 35, that's when actually she, she conceives by the Holy Spirit. It's through the word of the Lord that the Holy Spirit uses, right? And that was Luther's, Luther's sermon. Yes, Dominic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a hard time hearing. That's why I didn't hear you properly, Don. So, yes, go ahead. Right. Right, right. She'd be subject to original sin if it conceived in an ordinary manner. So, oh, um, no one here knows how to. I think this fan is on, isn't it? So, our exhaust fan, which keeps it cooler in here, but it's just, uh, um, hard for me to hear sometimes your questions. Sorry about that. So, so notice again, uh, again, you know, the, the presence of the angel brings fear. And the angel, Gabriel, and even though it's not mentioned in, in Luke chapter 2, we, 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 we typically say it's the same Gabriel who announces the Lord's birth to the shepherds, and always it's fear not, fear not, fear not, right? Do not, be a, do not be afraid. And so this is very, very important. Now, when the angel says, oh, rejoice, O truly favored one, now this is, now it's very important to understand the Greek root right here is, is a grace word. You have been graced, you've been favored by the Lord, as opposed to understanding that you've merited favor from the Lord. Does this make sense? And so, so in traditional Roman Catholic understanding is that this, that you have merited favor, it, but, but the Greek is indicating that you are most graciously blessed of the Lord. And, 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 it's, a, and it's a Greek form that it's a continual blessing um, and because they're, they're, you're very unique. You're, no one else will bear the Christ child. And in that sense, we, we do praise Mary. You know, we don't pray to her, but we do praise her name because, especially as the end of the text, look at her. She, she acknowledges herself as a slave of the Lord and be it done to me according to your word. To be faithful to the word of the Lord is what God asks. And she receives the word and is faithful to the word. In that sense, we do praise, praise Mary. But, her, but she does not merit the Christ child because out of all the people in the history of mankind, this was the one woman 
who was the most perfect woman of all time, and therefore her skin never got a blotch and never had a bit of acne as a youth. Or, you know, I mean, no, that's, that's, that's not why Mary's favorite. It's because of the Lord's grace. Again, it's always by grace. So, so these, these instances, Abraham himself was not, you know, the one deserving to be the line of the Messiah, you know, David to be deserving to be the king. I mean, so, so this is all acts of God's grace. Same with Mary. Okay. Um, notice, and I try to emphasize when I was reading, that his reign is going to be forever. This takes up God's promise of the coming Messiah through the line of David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Okay, so, so, so he's not going to be a Davidic king in the same sense of David because his reign is going to be forever and over the house of Jacob forever. And so, so this is going to be a better king. Just as the, this, is an, this is truly a better child because this child is the son of the Most High. Okay, um, and so we, we know that she's related to Elizabeth. She's a cousin of Elizabeth. And, and so she will, that's why she go visit Elizabeth. Okay, uh, we still got a lot of meat here, so I got to continue on here. I got the Magnificat and Benedictus to, to continue. So, so here, here we come. What the next section is? What um, some people dispute. You know, there's a lot of ink been spilled about the structure of Luke chapter one. I I tend to put this, you know, as 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 the as the heart of this this visitation. For there we see faith in the presence of the Lord. And, and why is Luke writing this? That you might be firm in that which you've been catechized into. Luke 1, verse 4, right? Okay, so, so I think this is a key section right here, 39 to 45. Those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to the town in Judah. She entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Wow, there's a lot there. Questions, comments? Obviously, as... as uh, all, all of us who understand basic biology understand that a baby is alive in the womb. And this is one of the best texts to show from, from Scripture why, why we, we should protect all these lives in the womb. Um, and, and, you know, because this is John the Baptist worshiping the Lord from the womb. And so we, we, that, that, that which can worship the Lord should not be aborted, right? I mean, this is, this is just nonsense. I mean... Um, but that's a, that's a whole other whole other subject I know. So I just my, but but look at more in this is uh, you see the rejoicing and so in very real sense and I just use the term worship, Elizabeth's vocabulary it's kind of a special vocabulary word right here. So so as you're hearing this, you need to think when you're in the presence of the Lord, what is the proper response? Is praise right? And so this is very much so. Elizabeth and John are in the presence of their Lord, even though the Lord is still not visible. He's in the womb. And so they're, then they praise. In a very real sense, uh, um, this is what we do in the divine service. The Lord is present with us. And what's our response? Is praise, right? Now, now, it's not quite true that we cannot see the Lord. For, um, 
for with our with faith we hear his word and and we also taste even the body and blood of Christ so it's a in that sense it's even more real than than Elizabeth but this is a special scene right here and notice Elizabeth's confession of Christ right here and John the Baptist's confession it's, by the way this is a passage I I, I bring back because quite often, and sadly, I've, I've had the experience of members of the congregation experiencing, for example, a stillborn or, or, or a miscarriage, and, you know, pointing out how the Lord, through his word, can, can, can be with children in the womb. So this is a passage I point to quite often in comfort, especially women who are, who are uh, in the congregation who are downtrodden at, at a miscarriage or, or, or a stillborn. Um, okay. Um, there's this, I, I want to comment, but I'm going to go on to the Magnificat. Is there anything else that you, yes, go ahead, please. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth speaks faith. Now, now Elizabeth is much, is, is, is more faithful at least so far, than, than Zechariah. Now, obviously, by the end of the chapter, we'll, we'll hear Zechariah and the tremendous confession of faith. And, and there is, there's something to be said for, for that, is that, is that, you know, if you look at your own life, or, or no, I, I'm not going to look at your life, I'm going to look at my life and see how many times I've let the Lord down in my life. Does that mean that, that, that my praise is not, is not good praise the, the, the following Sunday in the divine service? No, it is. That my prayers are not heard? No, it is. So, so we do let the Lord down. We are sinners. You know, I mean, and in this chapter, this is not to say Mary didn't sin. Mary herself was a sinner. She saw herself as a sinner. And now the, the promise of, the, of this Jesus is to her also as part of a sinful people. Okay, and then of course we, we see Mary herself, later stories uh, um, indicating the lack of faith in, in her son also. And so this is, uh, um, we, we, we notice um, that we're all fallible. We're all fallible, but then the Lord gives us a word of praise. But, but here Elizabeth truly is praising the Lord quite, quite well. Mary's Magnificat. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he's looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. So this is Mary's great Magnificat. Questions, comments? And we, we sing this, obviously, in the liturgy. We'll talk about that in just a, just a moment. Okay, yes, go ahead. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fruitfulness is, is seen as a blessing from the Lord. And this is why, especially for, for the daughters of Israel, and, so this is, and this will tie into my next statement, we see Hannah. You know, barrenness is, 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 is you mourn for barrenness, you know. And, and so children are considered a blessing. You know, and we, we have this in the Psalms, but also we, we have the, the women. And so, so to, be received the, to receive a child is considered a blessing. And so, and so, and that's, and that's why, you know, barrenness was, in the case of Abimelech was considered a curse then also. So, so speaking of this, let's move to Hannah. And, and I had grand intentions of, of us looking at, at Hannah's praise in 1 Samuel chapter 2 as it began this lesson. We aren't going to have time. So I would commend you truly to read that. And, and Mary certainly would have known Hannah's words of, of, of praise. For, and what I did here for you is that I, um, okay, and somebody was not thinking because it's 1 Samuel 2, 1 Samuel 2, not 1 Samuel chapter 1. You know, so whoever edited this was not thinking, you know, and so it's, a, oh, it's me, right? So it's, a, it's 1 Samuel 2, it's 2, 1 Samuel 1, you find out she doesn't have a child, then she's promised a child, Dedicate Samuel to the Lord. Chapter 2 is then when she praises, and then she leaves Samuel with, with Eli. And so it's 1 Samuel chapter 2. Okay, um, it's that I show Old Testament passages that Mary is drawing from. This is a wonderful example of a woman of faith. She is drawing from Holy Scripture and praising the Lord from Holy Scripture. This is very, very important. And so this is, this is wonderful. So Mary certainly is also drawing from, from Hannah's praise in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Now, just a little editorial re remark is that, uh, notice how I, I stated that. These are Mary's words, right? Many of those Mary's words. I always remember, you know, kind of a lark, 19, yeah, what was it? Uh, 1980 or, uh, um, um, we went from Concordia Arbor, a bunch of us down to the St. Louis Seminary to visit the SEM, anticipating the seminary, right? Okay, they had a visitation day and, and guys from various Concordias, but we were down there, da-da-da-da-da. And on a lark, we went to, to downtown St. Louis and visited Seminex. Does anyone know? If I say the word Seminex, does anyone have a clue what I'm talking about? If I say the word Seminex and you don't have a clue, raise your hand. Okay, 1974. Um, basically, there was problems because historical critical, in other words, doubting scripture and saying that the man-made book was creeping into the Missouri Senate. We had a synodical president, J.O. Preuss, who investigated St. Louis Seminary and said, some of these professors are not teaching that the Bible is the word of God. And push came to shove, and then they suspended seminary president, John Tejan, and a bunch of professors said, we're out of here. And the vast majority of professors and students walked out, and they formed their own seminary in exile, hence Seminex, okay? Um, and then we rebuilt the seminary, stuff like this. So I was part of a rebuilt seminary 10 years later, as well as uh, Scott Bruzek, Don's son-in-law, and a bunch of, bunch of us, uh, former Pastor Ross Hall and Pastor McReynolds. We all went to the seminary that was rebuilt. And the criteria, is the Bible the Word of God? Yes, it is. All the professors said, unconditionally, this is the Word of God. So we went up to Seminex and visited it there, and we were just talking to one of the students. And he says, I like the freedom we have here. For example, we can just say that the, that the editors of Luke put in Mary's mouth the prayer of Hannah. I still remember that conversation with one of the Seminex students. 
And of course, we all kind of said, yeah, we don't want any part of this, you know. So, so, and we knew we were going to go to St. Louis anyway. But, we, we, but, but I still remember that conversation with the seminary student. said, yeah, the editor of Luke, notice the conversation, not Luke, the editor of Luke, put in Mary's mouth the words and altered the, the prayer of Hannah. So in other words, it's an editorial process, not a record of what Mary actually said. Okay, so, so and, and then as soon as you do that, you create doubt, right? And where do you stop doubting the word of God? Well, we can see that now. There is no word of God not to be doubted, right? You know, and so, uh, um, so anyway, but let's go back to Mary's Magnificat. Notice in Mary's Magnificat, not only the scripture, but notice both the sense of God raising the humble. Now, this is not to say that our humility merits God raising us, but that God is a God of grace. And those who are trusting, those who are exalted will be lowered. Now, this is not to say that all the rich people are condemned to go to hell but rather those who are trusting in themselves will be humbled. And so this is obviously for eternity, but also we see in Israel's history, um, this also among the people of God. Okay, and so, and, so, and so we are humbled before the Lord, trusting the Lord will raise us up. That might not happen in this age, but certainly will happen. And so Mary, out of faith, is praising the Lord in the words of the Magnificat. You have the questions, because I do want to get to the Benedictus. No questions. I know I'm going too fast. I'm pushing you. So, so uh, is this a Magnificat? By the way, the Magnificat, we sing the Magnificat when? When do we sing the Magnificat on a regular basis at Bethany? Evening prayer, evening prayer or, or Vespers. Yes, evening prayer or Vespers. We sing, we sing the Magnificat. Yes. Okay. So, verse 56. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. So this is kind of a little interlude, just a little historical note to get Mary um, back to, to Nazareth. Now we switch over, um, verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to... Um, now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son, and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. They would have called him Zechariah after his father, but his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. They said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tab and wrote, His name is John. They all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed. He spoke, Blessing God. And fear came upon all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through the hill country of Judea. And all who heard him laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. Indeed, that is true. Okay. Um, any questions, comments before we go on to the, the Benedictus? No, notice faithfulness right here. Circumcision. Uh, the circumcised at eight days is now considered part of Israel. Okay. And, and hence, uh, um, it's one of the, I think one of the backhanded testimonies to infant baptism is that in Colossians chapter 2, what is baptism compared to? Circumcision. It's now the circumcision without hands. Everyone back then would have known circumcision is eight days old, right? And so the easy correlation is baptism and uh, babies with, with circumcision. In, in other words, I think it's a backhanded way of testifying to, to infant baptism. But also Acts chapter 2, your, your children... You know, you and your children will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and forgiveness of sins in, in baptism. How many children are there back then? You know, whole households in Acts chapter 16, right? You know, so you got all these children. You have tons of children. Why? Because most 
pretty much half the children or more died, right? Needed lots of children. And there's no Social Security either, so you, had to, um, you need somebody to take care of you in your old age. So, so notice the praise of the Lord upon this birth. They, the, the neighbors recognized this. And notice, I, I point out right here, the, con, the contrast between John's birth and the birth of Jesus. Elizabeth is in the company of neighbors and relatives. Mary's alone in Bethlehem with a manger. Neighbors and relatives praise the Lord. In the case of Jesus, we angels and shepherds praise the Lord. Both will have the circumcision in the name and then um, and their faithful name in him, John, which is, again, root, rooted in the word of uh, Hebrew root of, of grace. Okay. Um, move to the Benedictus, if that's all right. Okay. We sing this also. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, and by the way, you see this constantly in this Acts chapter 1, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it's by the Holy Spirit this, this takes place. We see um, the Holy Spirit will come upon Mary. Elizabeth speaks as filled by the Holy, Holy Spirit. Now Zechariah is speaking as filled with the Holy Spirit. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy promised to our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us, that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness. Before him all the days of our lives. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for he will go before you, before the Lord to prepare and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Amen. Questions or comments about this wonderful word of the Lord, this praise uh, in the theology here. Okay, any questions comments about Zechariah's words right here once again I, I point to to uh, um, to Old Testament antecedents and and um, and by the way it's do not think for a second that I knew from heart all these Old Testament antecedents it's called um, both uh, both the inside reference from your ESV Bible but also in my Greek Bible I have a uh, um, parallel passages and I look at those passages because sometimes they're, they're different and, and I did look up a lot and just really tremendous. Notice the prominence of Abraham. Okay, and this is very important. The, the prominence of Abraham right, right here. Now, now this is kind of important also because you're hearing this um, as Gentiles who are now believers in Christ, right? The basic audience of Luke is a, more of a Gentile Christian audience and tying them to Abraham. This is very important. In Galatians chapter 3, you are now the true children of Abraham. The, the true child of Abraham is the, are the baptized in Christ. And so, you, and so, so tie, we're now tied to Abraham. So I, I just want to make that, that point. But you see both Mary and, and Zechariah remembering the covenant given to, to Abraham. Um, this is so, so important. Um, and Zechariah right here understands the ministry of his son. And, and, and his son is ministry will be tied to the forgiveness of sins, but also to prepare the way for the Lord. And that's, that's so key to understand John's public ministry. Um, by the way, the, we call it the Benedictus, 
because it comes from the Latin word blessed right there. I just want to point out. Uh, the Benedictus is used in evening prayer, and, as, and you could also use it, usually in, the, in Vespers, use the Tedeum, um, but, um, um, but, but we, it could be used in, in, in evening, or did I get that wrong? Um, um, or is it using morning prayer? It's not using morning prayer, isn't it? Benedictus? I think I got that wrong, so. What? Morning prayer, yeah, yeah. Who's the editor right here? I, I tell you what, you know, I tell you. Um, you can, you can, I, and you can tell that I don't prove too well. I don't think always because I, 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 I think I had morning prayer. I looked, I looked up all the sections of our morning offices where I saw the Benedictus and the Magnificat. So, and my fingers just typed, you know, so the editor is just no good at all. Um, he should be shot. No, no, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. So, okay. Okay, so, so this is Benedictus. You see this tremendous faith, and this is, this is very comforting. This is very comforting. Um, and not nearly the same way, because Zechariah's sin just led him to be mute compared to David's sin, where, whereby he was strongly condemned by the prophet Nathan. But David, after his great sin, was able to have these wonderful words of, for example, Psalm 51. Zechariah, yes, was a sinner. He should have believed the word of the Lord. But look at his words right here. Wow. May I have such words and such faith as Zechariah has right, right here. And Zechariah stands up for the promise of the Lord and says, His name is John. Again, this is very emphatic right here. Zechariah confessing faith in the Lord when he does that. Any other questions, comments about Zechariah's words right here? Yes, go ahead, at least. Yes. Yes, yeah. The horn of salvation would be, you know, um, it, it could be seen two, two ways, two ways, and, and I did not look this up. Okay, so I'm going to speak ignorantly, which, which of the way. The horn of salvation could either be seen as a vessel whereby you carry the oil of anointing, okay, so the anointed one, both for the king, but also the blessed of the Lord. Or the horn of salvation, which is that which is proclaims salvation as in blowing the horn and I'm ignorant and I did not look up the horn of salvation so those are my two guesses just based on on my my limited knowledge of that expression or just thinking horn in terms of ancient Israel so yes go ahead oh the horns of the altar oh yes you're probably more more correct than Schumacher is yes go ahead Yes, the horns of the altar. Yes, the horns of the altar, the four corners of the, of the altar of the Lord. You know, and from that altar comes forgiveness of sins from sacrifices, right? So that's, that, that, might be, that might be better. I, I'll have to, I'll look it up, because you know, um, my curiosity is, a, is, is definitely, you know, um, up, up there right now. So thank you very much. And so, uh, yes, and... and um, the amount of stuff I do not know about these texts is, is absolutely tremendous. And uh, it's a real blessing, though. though let, uh, we, are, we are so blessed in some sense. You know, in some, some ways, we, are, we, we can look about our outside world and see the absolute craziness in the outside world. I mean, where basic bi biology is, you know, those who would tell us that we must believe in evolution now tell us that we can't believe in biology. Think about that. It's just nuts. I mean, our age is absolutely, absolutely nuts. However, we're very blessed. I mean, as Missouri St. Lutherans, we are so blessed right now. I mean, you got this, for example, Book of Concord, a reader's edition of Book of Concord. If you don't have it, buy it. We have the Lutheran Study Bible, all those notes. 
you know, the first study Bible done entirely by conservative Lutheran theologians ever, as far as I know. What a, what a resource. And now we have these, you ever see the, in the pastor's office, these blue commentaries? They have these commentaries about various books of the Bible. Um, the very first one was Luke chapter 1 through 950 by, by Arthur Just, a good friend of, uh, of Don, Don Lorenz. You know, uh, Dr. Just, he was the very first of the commentary series. And what a blessing it is for us pastors that there's so much theological stuff printed in English now for us. And of course, the Lutheran service book, all, you got all these great hymns that are now translated into English. So, so whoa, there's just so many blessings. And so that's how to look upon it. The Lord is good. And by the way, you know, the good old days probably weren't, right? You know, so, so uh, um, okay. I got one more verse to, to cover. And, and this is an interlude, but a very important one. Verse 80. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Okay. You're going to see uh, next week in Luke 2.40 and 2.52 similar commentaries about, about the growth of Jesus. But this is more than this because as we will continue, that ministry of Christ is going to continue to grow. Also, so there's all sorts of things. You know, I said I won't speak too much about the book of Acts, but... but but in the book of Acts, you have these phrases, the word of God grew, the word of God grew, the word of the Lord grew. Three key junctures in the book of Acts. It's a whole other study, but, but you can see this, especially in Luke 1, verse 80, and Luke 2, verse 40, speak about Christ, Jesus, and verse, Luke 2, verse 52, also about Christ, Jesus. So, so this is very important to under, understand that, that this commentary, that this child grew and became strong in the spirit, and then we set him up for his public ministry. And so, so now John is set up. We know where he's going to come from because we're going to see him with his baptism as you get into Luke chapter 3, right? Okay. But meanwhile, we're going to have Luke chapter 2, which is going to be talking about our Lord Jesus and his birth. And um, just a commercial. Got to be here. And I'm going to, first of all, you know, most emphatically tell you that, that um, don't, you know, to, to, we, we have to quit isolating Luke 2, 1 through 20 from the rest of the chapter. You know, it's just not, um, it, that, that's a big mistake. And so I'm going to emphasize and show, we're going to look at the details of the actual Christmas account, yes. But we also want to see how, how Luke, in a very real way, in fact, there's no Greek marker that would indicate that you separate out Luke 2 from, from the rest of the chapter. Okay, the, and I, I'll talk about the Greek markers in in as far as the structure of Luke 2 next, next week, so you can see a better way of dividing up the, the book. And so, because we need to tie Christmas with Jesus as, as a real person as he grows up, and we'll talk about more about that. Any questions or, or comments about Luke chapter 1 and how it prepares for Luke chapter 2? The words of the Magnificat, the words of the Benedictus. Pastor not understanding horns. Okay, you know, <laughs> pastor's editorial evening rather than morning, which is, who would have ever done that in, in 1 Samuel chapter 2? Please write that in your notes, because Hannah does have a wonderful prayer. And do read that. Do read my homework assignment for you. Just read Luke 1 like 10 times this week, and Luke 2 20 times before next week. But read 1 Samuel chapter 2, and look at Hannah's theology, and then, and then look at Mary's, and kind of compare the two, and, and it'll be a real blessing to you. Okay, God bless you, and see, see, see many of you same, this same place, a little bit different time for the voters' assembly. Okay.